Yo, how insane, like, is this MMA world where you can be the guy to just knock someone out with a kick, but anyone can just get caught or just... It's a tough, You go into the next fight. fight, and then now you have Sluggo on top of you. <laughs> you have someone earning a nickname on you. Like, that's insane. I never want to get my ass whooped so bad that the guy now gets a nickname from it. My name is Earl Lonnie Hooks. Very special thanks to everybody that will be joining us today on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. And please do not forget to follow us at ALWPod on Instagram. The God in me honors the God in each and every one of you. Today, Chris Sluggo Hayes is in the house. What's popping, man? Mike even gave you the nickname, huh? Oh, well, I mean, not only do, do they just, when I'm around those group of people, Miss Robin, T, all yeah, those people, like, yeah. they just say, oh, Sluggo? Like, whenever he's talking to me about you and he's just giving me some game, like, yeah, he's intense. <laughs> he's a more intense version of Blaze, That's that whole insane. thing. That's and she was just like, oh, Sluggo? So I did actually just see a post of yours. So obvious question. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Sluggo. Sluggo, yes. So, and it's funny too because the gym is the only place that that's my nickname. I forget sometimes. Oh, okay. yeah, that that's my nickname. Um, so, <laughs> Sluggo came back in two thousand nine. Uh, I signed up for an MMA fight. Put put this in perspective. Two thousand nine, I graduated from high school. Okay, I wasn't much older than you. I was twenty four. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, yeah, I signed up for this MMA fight. I've been training. I think I started jujitsu late 2007. So I trained for two years or so, signed up for this fight, had this great game plan going in. My coach, Coach Doug, who uh, owns Vanguard, says, let's go in there, you, you know, use a combination to set up a takedown, take them down, submit them. Mm -hmm. Roger that, coach. I go in, hit the dude a couple times, he covers up, and I just keep, ah! like, I mean, it was like a barroom brawl. It was, there was no game technique. plan completely out the window. <laughs> So I hit him a couple times, throw a few knees. Finally, dude falls down, and I'm just on top of him. Boom, boom, boom. Break my hand. Damn. Fight's over. I won the fight. Didn't know my hand was broken until afterwards. I was like, oh, damn, that hurt. Adrenaline works that way, right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, game plan abandoned. <laughs> Your new nickname is Slogo. Nice job. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty bad. I had to get surgery on it. Holy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. see that scar right there. Yeah. yeah. They had to cut it open, replace my knuckle, put pins in it. It was kind of a And disaster. did you continue fighting after that? No, I didn't. I, oh, okay. You know, I, I, I had actually stopped training for a while after that. I got into some DUI problems. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So I stopped training for a while, for maybe three or four years, and then came back to the gym and just stuck with jujitsu. At oh. that point, I was like, that MMA ship has sailed. I'm yeah. getting older, got kids. Need yeah, every, yeah, yeah. Need every brain cell I still have. So. Yeah, you got to say, yeah, no, you got to start changing things up. So yep. jujitsu is just a whole lot more, what would you say? Less injury. I mean, no brain injury whatsoever. There's injuries, mm -hmm. but you're not getting hit in the head. You're yeah. not taking that constant. Constant sparring damage. And, and, and how did, do you know how this gentleman turned out? He was all right. Yeah. He, I mean, <laughs> I don't know that he ever fought again. Like you can look up amateur Holy records and I look to see if he, he never fought again after that. Either. Yo, yeah. he was, but you never saw or spoke to him again. No, no. He was from Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, he Yo, probably he, had a long ride home. He never fought again. I don't, I don't think he did. He was one and zero going into that fight. He knocked his first opponent out with a head kick. Okay, so, oh, so he was on a high. He thought, yeah. yeah and yeah. I watched his YouTube fight 37 times 
like when I found out who I was fighting. Mm. And then the next day, he must have seen his views go up and he took the video down before we fought. He was like, I'm not letting this guy study me. Yo, how insane yeah. Like, is this MMA world where you can be the guy to just knock someone out with a kick, but anyone can just get caught or just- It's a tough, You go tough, into the next fight and then now you have Sluggo on top of you. <laughs> you have someone earning a nickname on you. Like, that's insane. I never want to get my ass whipped so bad that the guy now gets a nickname uh, from it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I watch it nowadays and I just don't know how guys do it. Like, so, just, I mean, do you have that video? Did, like, was yeah, that? It's on, it's on YouTube. Oh, we can watch it after the podcast if you oh I'm plugging that. <laughs> I'm putting that video in the description. One thousand here's, here's percent. The, here's the problem. Since my name's Chris Hayes, if you type in Chris Hayes on YouTube, that MSNBC reporter it just floods with his shit. You got to really <laughs> dig to find my video. <laughs> there has to be like a tag or something that you yeah. can like specifically find that video. Yeah. There's yeah. got to be like, like what do you know? Like who posted it? I did. You, okay. So, so it is under Chris I Hayes. I think my, yeah. C Hayes 1104. Same. As okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to we're gonna put that in there. Uh, like the actual link to the video in funny. the description. It's pretty funny. There's, I mean, there's no technique at, and I had been training jujitsu hard seven days a week for two years and this was age 24, 24. so you and it just, yeah. I made it a bar fight yeah at the age <laughs> of 24 like, dude what have we been training that is not it <laughs> you're a go now okay and you had been training for two years at that point yeah why did you go into it do you think like do you remember man i remember mindset? i remember just watching the ultimate fighter season three mm. And I was like, this is freaking amazing. But even as a little kid, like when the U I remember when the UFC first started, UFC one, I was maybe eight or nine years old. And it was yeah. Pay-per-view. Yeah. I was like, dad, we have to order that. We have to. He was like, we're not watching that. Stop. Yeah. I was about to say it, it was frowned upon when it first brutal. came. Right. Cause yeah. it was like human cockfighting. Like people looked at it like, what is like, what, this is the Coliseum. What yes. are we doing yeah. again? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Not a lot of rules. <laughs> I think basically no eye gouging and no. <laughs> Grabbing no the throat, yeah. yeah. No throat gouging, and no eye gouging. It. Oh my god! Yeah. So the sports come a long way. Yeah, so. I bet regulations have had to. Yeah, especially yeah. when you start talking about like CTE and. Th well, actually, yeah. no. That doesn't even like. There's nothing against. I don't know what you the, can elbow people in the top of the crown and stuff mm, like that. Can't so, you? so the rule is they call it the headphone rule. If you're wearing headphones, you can elbow them anywhere in front of the head. Understood. So you can't, no shots to the back of the head still. Oh, but, okay. And, and I think the UFC, like UFC boxing, all the um, combat sports, each state has their own regulations as far as what their protocol is after a fight. Like how many, if, if you suffer concussion in a fight like Nevada, make sure that you're not even allowed to train for X amount of days. Mm. So there's protocol, but... It's still not safe. Jesus, I mean, it's just not great for the brain. Yeah, for sure. Not, it's yeah, not, not as bad as football, but mm, oh yeah, be, or boxing. Really? Yeah. I don't oh, think because it's, it's you just constant headshot yeah, after yeah, headshot. Yeah. Like a UFC fight is at the most twenty five minutes. A five round main event fight, five minutes a piece for the rounds. Right. Twenty five minutes is the most you're looking at. Whereas and there's a good chance there's a lot of grappling involved. A lot of grappling. Yep. Yeah. A lot of tying up. Like they don't separate you. Mm hmm. Most of the time when you're tied up, you're just right. getting hit way more in boxing. And, yeah. And, and then football, you're yeah, just, football con just constant. And it's football is like, I don't, it's like being in a car wreck sometimes. Yeah. With I, the, the impact. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I know when a lot of this came to light 
especially when I forget the 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 doctor that came from from Africa and shed a bunch of light on it. But when Will Smith did the movie Concussion, yeah. which was about that gentleman, uh-huh. then I know the NFL was not happy about that that film, mm-hmm. and a lot of people had a lot of issue with it. It's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? We're trying to run a business here, right? And now you're telling the world about CTE yeah. and the dangers. But it needs to be talked about. I right. Mean. And so since then, <clears throat> I was, that's when the conversation for me started coming up with, because I grew up with nothing but like athlete friends. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I played football in high school as well. Right. Yeah. And so so you're aware of the culture, mm-hmm. right? The get the fuck up and get back out there culture yeah. of it. And yep. so I didn't know that a lot of my friends were just seeing stars mm-hmm. all the time. And they were just telling me, oh, yeah, like what? That was just a way of life. Like you didn't, if you can, if your body can move, you just, yeah. you get back up. There were, there were plays, whole plays. I didn't remember what happened. It yeah. was just mus- like my body took over mm-hmm. and just did what I was supposed to do. I wasn't even there. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like just complete autopilot. Yeah. That's crazy yeah. to me. Now I've never blacked out. <laughs> Alcohol, fighting, really? nothing. Like I've never just been gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't even know what that's what that's like. I don't. I've never been knocked unconscious. I've been put to sleep before. Okay. What's what's that like? So being put to sleep is a really weird, strange feeling because it's almost euphoric when you wake up, mm. and it feels like you've been asleep for. It feels like you took a nap. Yeah. And you may have only been out for seven or eight seconds. Right. Um, and that's, you, that's dangerous. You have dream. You have dreams. Even when you're only out for, for a short amount of time, you'll have a short dream. You wake up and just like waking up, like, you, what the fuck just happened? Where am I? So <laughs> funny story. There's a girl at our gym who's a brown belt in jujitsu. Okay. Right. And how far up is that? Where, where's brown? Next one's black. Got you. Right? So there's five belts. White, blue, purple, brown, black. Got you. This girl's a brown belt. Her name's Kate. She's beast. Really good. And uh, I'm in what's called half guard of hers, where basically she's got one of my legs trapped with her legs, mm-hmm. and she's got me in what's called a guillotine joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're not supposed <laughs> to get submitted with a guillotine and half guard. I passed a side control, which is even more safe. I'm like, I'm good here. And I'm not like being stubborn. Like, I'm going to tap into a girl. Right. I'm not doing that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I know that in side control, I'm safe. She managed to get her forearm and whatever she did on both carotids, I'm out. Damn. I wake up, I look at one of my coaches and he's just hysterically laughing. I'm like... <laughs> Look around, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, Kate put you to sleep, bro. <laughs> and it turns out there's another guy at the gym that she did the exact same thing to. So, yeah, she knew how to she knew how to apply this choke from positions that you don't normally get this. Joke that's from. the beauty of that's I and that's probably I guess what you saw as a kid and then maybe growing up. I mean well at the, as a kid you probably just saw oh shit. Like, I just saw the brutality. Yeah, exactly, exactly. To me. But then more <laughs> <laughs> and then more and more as you get older you start to see the beauty of just how malleable everything is. Like yeah, there's just always a move. There's always a slip. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what's yeah. crazy to me. That's why I like to watch uh, Israel Adesanya. Yeah, that's just fucking nuts. It's just, I've never seen someone move like water before. Yeah. I've never just seen the fluidity of just a body the way, and just how calculated at the same time, but still just moving like water. I've never, 
yep. seeing that before. And the quickness of everything. The athlete, like it's it's jujitsu. People compare it to chess, like human chess, mm-hmm. but it's it to me it's more than that. Like, do you play chess? I haven't in years. Like, okay, I forget. But you completely understand the mechanics of the game. And kind of. Okay. Yeah, 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 it's been a long time, but I the comparison that I like better is people compare it to learning a new language. Got you. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Cause I do know what that's like. So that is, mm, yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's deep. It's Which like, I haven't even gotten into learning a new language. It's like learning a new language. I just know the duration of white belt to black belt. Yeah. I mean, it takes people sometimes 10, 12 years, mm-hmm. you know? So Jeez. it's difficult. It's, it's, it's uh what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. There's just a lot that goes into it. There's, mm-hmm. And even as a black belt, it's not like once you get your black belt, all right, you're done learning. Like right. you just, it, the sport keeps evolving. You got to evolve with the sport. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nuts, man. It just never ends. Yeah. It's a never ending. Well, that's good. I mean, I think that that's kind of what it is in any field, right? Like you, you get to this place where you feel like maybe you're a master, you're extremely proficient mm-hmm. in it. However it is that you, you know, you're deemed or you're titled within that respective field. But then you just start to find like these little nuances, these little Zen pieces mm-hmm. that make it a little bit, you know, more whole as you go along. Yeah. So I think that that's kind of what it is. Now, between you saying that you connected to the brutality <laughs> of it as a kid and you becoming Chris Sluggo Hayes <laughs> on top of this guy, and then you also going through some DUIs, was there like a time where you just dealing with a lot of anger? Like what? What's going on? And what? Yeah, do you, and what I, do you do to get that out now? Is that just gym work now? What, so, so I, my wife and I both quit drinking five years ago. Okay, so we got rid of that. Okay, so now there's still an intense person. Yeah, but now I just have the wherewithal to direct it somewhere. Direct, yeah, and to to use it in a in a constructive. Uh, yeah, much more. Yeah. All right. And what what was the moment? It was probably a series of moments, but what was the moment where it really occurred to you, okay, I should put the bottle down? You know, I don't know that it was one thing. Okay. Um my wife and I, you know, we had, we got in a fight one night mm-hmm. and we were just like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, okay. What are we doing? Why are yeah. we doing this? We we got to stop doing this. Like, yeah. We're so much better when we're sober mm. and we'll go 10 or 12 mm. drunken nights right. and be good. Right. But then there's always one that we wake up and look at each other like, what the fuck? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? It's not worth it. Right. You know, so we decided together, like. That's awesome. You know. That's awesome. Every mistake we've made in our life probably had alcohol related to it. Right. In some way, shape or form. Yeah. So like. Why don't you we said give it up and see how it goes? <laughs> Just try see it out. Just see bit. what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, and a and, little science experiment here. And life's been fucking great since we stopped, man. It really has. Like, I, I love, I love, yeah. I love that story because I've yeah. been, I was, I've been having that conversation with people. I just got done having that conversation with someone last night because they're, it's just now entering their consciousness that there could be a life without alcohol and drugs. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just now they're like, you know, I just started having this conversation and then I heard you say that you're not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. And then they start picking my brain. Why, why aren't you doing it anymore? Yeah. Like, what did you figure out? And so I completely connect with everything you just said that one, there are a lot of stories that we kind of have told ourselves about these things. So I've been a huge weed smoker. I've been a drinker. I've Mm -hmm. done a lot of things. So when it comes to smoking, let me do marijuana first. 
you you can knock out, go straight to sleep. So mm-hmm. that's something that you kind of tell yourself, like, oh, well, shit, I'm, I'm going to use it for insomnia or variances of insomnia. Maybe I just have a hard time going to sleep so I can just knock out. But then I, I do a little bit of research and I hear this doctor say that you're not going through proper REM sleep when you smoke weed mm-hmm. and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So which is why you always kind of get up and, yeah, you knocked out. You weren't really dreaming. And that's why you just remember waking up the next morning and you kind of still feel a little groggy, like your mind doesn't feel completely revitalized. Right. And that is exactly why. So that's one thing. So it's like you think that you're getting great sleep because you just remember knocking the fuck out and then waking up. (laughs) But your brain's not actually resting in the proper process. I think the similar thing happens with alcohol, too. I don't Mm -hmm. think you get as good Sleep as you think you do when you drink. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, that's another. Yeah. You knock, you knock out. Yeah. You wake up. All right. I yeah. guess we're, we're here again. Let's drink again. But then, but then, <laughs> but then as you probably realize, sober sleep, just working out and, you know, exerting energy throughout the day, whatever it is you do, you work out, maybe read a book, whatever it is you do to exert yourself. And then you're just naturally tired mm-hmm. and you go to sleep and you go and you yeah. wake up. It's yeah. like, oh, that's different. That feels that, hit different. that might feel like the sleep that you get when you get put to sleep in a chokehold. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might feel that sort of, uh, you know, revitalization yeah. when you wake up. Um, continuing on, I've been more so adopting this idea of doing what is meaningful, not what is expedient. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of what we do is quick fixes. Like, what can I do to get what I'm looking for right this moment yeah. instead of adopting a series of practices that would allow me to now have this thing? And like you said, that 10 or 12 years it takes for someone to move from white to black belt, mm-hmm. that that sense of accomplishment must feel amazing. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of going back to what you said about things being expedient, I think learning it, when you when you decide you're going to start doing something new, you got to one thing that I've kind of learned over the years is that you got to embrace the process, mm-hmm. like enjoy the pro- it's, instead of doing something just for the end result. You got to learn to enjoy the entire process. And that's I feel that. Yeah, I've enjoyed that. That new mindset with with jujitsu, with CrossFit, with my the, the new job that I've taken on, mm-hmm. like just enjoy everything from start to you can call it finish, but right, yeah. But you know, just enjoy the process. It makes it better. Like you're not just focused on getting to the end. Yeah, you know, if you're enjoying the whole the whole ride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that 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 is kind of the thing, right? I mean, that's life, right? Is yeah. you 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 have to be trying to enjoy every day of it and realizing that there's there's beauty in the struggle, mm-hmm. and that that's that's where all the hard earned, yep, like real meat. In, in gristle are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoying uh, the struggles, huge man. And this is a little off topic, but that's one, one thing I love about CrossFit and our gym is that I think when, especially in a group setting, like you can go to a gym and work out for an hour and a half and not at like a place like golds or not to throw. Gold, yeah. 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 For sure. A play a gym like that and not talk to anybody mm-hmm. and just work out like, mm-hmm. but it, when you're in a group setting and, and, at my gym. Yeah. You struggle together, you know, mm-hmm. and I think struggling together helps you form relationships and get tight with people. That's, that's, that's what I love about our gym, man. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was saying to blaze. I was like, I think that is the, th- like that is the difference that I see between the gyms. 
Yeah. Is the fact that there is that camaraderie, that sense of communion and fellowship. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't that, then I wouldn't know exactly what it is. But I, I think that that's exactly what it, it comes it from fellowship. doing shitty things together. Yeah. There's something to that. I think even like, even not in a gym setting, like my dad, he's the oldest of seven and they, they had a rough childhood growing up. They struggled together. Mm. They're all still tight as shit. Yeah. You know, my dad's in his, in his, oh, you know, he's in the back half of his fifties and he's still tight with all six of his brothers and sisters because yeah. they grew up struggling. Yeah. You, yeah. You learn a lot about yourself and other people when you have yeah. to be put through intense struggle yeah. day in and day out. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. But that, yeah, I think that that builds something in you that builds like an iron core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I agree. And an adamantine core. Um, so going back to the, the whole, you know, inebriation and all that sort of stuff. Um, I've also just figured out that I like myself more. Yeah. With like, I just, I'm, I'm completely, yeah, I, I guess I do is also this thing where I just, you fool yourself into thinking that maybe like, you're like a cooler or chiller, more version of yourself when you do these things. And if you do it enough, you'll start to think, I'm thinking of some lyrics by by the weekend where you said like when I'm fucked up that's the real me. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, mm. like you get yourself so caught up in this groove where you think this is who I really am. Yeah. When I'm, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, if you're fucked up more than you're not. <laughs> you start to think that that's Yeah, exactly. It's like a really weird pathological yeah. groove. It's hard like I don't know if when you're when you're banged up like that, if that's who you were, it may be an amplified version mm. of who you are. Mm. Sometimes, and and, but, and it also just may be, you know, it's interesting because people say, well, that's, that's you without your inhibitions. Mm. Right. But that's now putting a negative light on inhibitions. Yeah. Like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not yeah. necessarily say that, that, that those, those filters shouldn't be there. Right. Because the filters you have when you're sober are part of who you are. They are. You and know? they, and they are, <laughs> paramount to survival and self-preservation <laughs> like it's it's like you paramount to survival it, it is paramount you yeah. can't go through life just with no filters yeah. just thinking everything's gonna be okay and no. it's like well this is the real me so fucking deal with it it's like right. no yeah, you're it's... gonna have to deal with the ramifications yep. of walking through this life thinking that there are no rules regulations boundaries parameters for how you're going to behave and conduct yourself yes. around other people because yeah. this isn't your world right yeah, so yeah. it gets a little it gets a little deep, but that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm walking away with when when I have these conversations with people. I've, I've been that person, so I don't I don't heavily you know can I don't condemn. I was gonna say I don't judge. I do judge. Judge isn't it still also isn't a negative thing, but I don't condemn people that end up in these things because I've been a part of this. Mm-hmm. I completely understand why people get caught up doing these things, uh, but I but I would say that it is worth thinking about why you're doing the thing at least think about it when you go out you're at a restaurant with someone do you just order a drink because going out is synonymous with getting a drink like why are you getting the drink right you know what i mean just being a little bit more having a bit more intention behind the things you're doing and just making sure that you're not just set in a pattern that was that was just made for you or that you just mm-hmm. got stuck in and yeah. you just do it. You're it, just caught in the matrix. It was, man. It was almost like autopilot, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Like right. Because those those are the days, right? Not even this- ask like hitting the grocery store on the way home from work Thursday, grabbing a few cases of beer. Like it, it just be it was autopilot. Right. And it it was that way for <laughs> in the last a few cases too. Oh, 
What were you knocking down? What was your drink of choice? Bud Light. Oh, just, just regular. You didn't yeah. need nothing crazy. If if I drank liquor, it'd be Jameson. Okay. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> you just have it. It's so hard to. You having a montage of yeah, just like <laughs> like it's I it, and what's funny too is like I could be an impulsive person. I mm. I still am. Mm-hmm. Even quitting drinking was an impulsive decision. Right. So there was no thought behind it. So we didn't even realize how hard it was going to be until after we did it. Right, right. You know, we didn't think about how much of our social life was going to change after mm. we quit drinking. We're, we're a few weeks into it and we're like, it's Friday night, 830. We're laying in bed. Like, <laughs> what the fuck happened? Right. <laughs> a few weeks ago, we were hammered with our friends. Now For we're sure. not even, you know, we're not even hanging out with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm. My whole family drinks, you know, when, when I go up to New York to visit family, every party's a big drunk fest and it's just, it's different from, I still enjoy doing it, Yeah, but it's different for us now. I, I was, I'm going to ask, how did that, how is it affecting you? Like emotionally, how, how have you felt when it comes to your friends? I wouldn't redo anything. And, okay. I mean, I. Did they ever look at you, like your friends and be like, hey man, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, have a, yeah, like you don't got to no, get plastered, just have a few. Because our friends were around us enough to know why we quit drinking. Okay. 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 Um. Especially me. Like, I grew up pretty much with the same friends yeah, yeah. that I had from when I started drinking until when I quit. Mm-hmm. So it was no surprise. Okay, so they've been supportive of it. Like, it was never yeah. like a thing. Okay, they yeah. never try to, like, bring you back into no, it. Like, okay, well, no. that's awesome. Those yeah. are good friends. No, they are. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so, but but social life changed. Family life changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, still close with everybody, but just a different dynamic now. Okay. No one ever tried to make you like guilt trip you or make you feel as though you were being on some like moral high horse. No, no, nothing That's like great. that. There were, uh, you know, people would be like, you can't just have a few, just don't drink so much. Right. And I could see where they were coming from because they enjoyed hanging out, especially when, if we were having a good time. Like, mm-hmm. We could be fun drunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, People would say, just have a few, just learn how to control it. And I'm like, I fucking can't. <laughs> like, that's the I whole drink point. Five beers and it, like, that fire starts burning. Yeah. And I'm like, the fire ain't fucking big enough. This fire can get way bigger. Right. Yeah. For We're sure. going to make it get bigger. Yeah. There's plenty of wood to burn. Let's burn it. <laughs> and I couldn't get myself out of that. No, I, I just. If I drank five beers and there were eighteen more, yeah, it's like well, listen, to, yeah, it's like there are eighteen more. What are we gonna do? Just there, we're just gonna let them sit there. What are we doing? <laughs> so, I'm just being resourceful. I'm not a wasteful person. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I Damn, just, man. I just zero self control. Yeah, zero self control yeah, when yeah. it comes to, especially after a few beers. Yeah. Okay. So that so that was my thing, but with I loved. You ever done an Adderall? Yes. Okay, to focus, to get something done, or it was just... I've done it to focus, I've done it... <laughs> you to not... Yeah, right, 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 yeah, yes. okay. So that was my thing. I love the giddy-up-and-go aspect of it, like, let's accomplish everything today, let's talk to this person, that person, I'm going to call this person and have a yeah. five-hour conversation with them, I'm yep. going to set this down, I'm going to study, yep. I'm going to read this book, I'm going to run out, I'm going to... All while still with... You're aware with, you know. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. any. No, not not one bit. And so it was up to the point. So now that you know Adderall, I guess you kind of know the dosages, or, you know, the, the milligrams mm-hmm. to some no, degree. No, no, no. Well, let me let you know that they come in, you're going to have like 10, um, which are usually instant releases, meaning you're just getting that pop right then and there. 20 milligram mm-hmm. uh, instant releases, as well as I think when you get around that point, you have extended releases, meaning you take this little capsule, 
And then through time, you might get like a five milligram hit. And then a couple hours later, oh, you'll get like another. Periodically throughout the day. Exactly. And so the the largest that I've seen that they give are 30 milligram extended releases. Wow. It's very, very strong. It'll last you the whole day and then some. You probably won't be getting sleep that night. And there was a point in time in which I was taking 60 milligram. Like, so I was wow. taking two in one day of extended release. So I was Sweet. up for the next couple of days. Getting Just all kinds of shit done. For sure. But, <laughs> but then at a point in time, the come down is terrible. Oh, it's like because you're on such a high, you're flying through the clouds. Mm. And then and then you just drop and you're just kind of in a in a in a state where you're just a vegetable. You're just kind of there's there's in a other vegetative drugs state. Very, very similar. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> that. I mean, this is a this is a synthetic sort of cocaine. I mean, mm. it is a you know methamphetamine. Yeah. So that's kind of that's exactly what it is you're ingesting, and it's it yeah it's uh it's terrible. It's certainly addictive, and a lot of these things, a lot of these substances we're talking about, it wouldn't be so bad if they were just what they were in and of themselves, and you didn't start picking up other bad habits. Subsequently, exactly, as consequence to that. So I would do that. I would not be going to the gym because it wasn't like a gym thing for me. Like mm. I want to do things with my mind more right. so than my body. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going to the gym. I'm clearly not sleeping. Curbs your appetite. So I'm not eating correctly throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um. What else am I doing? I'm drinking Red Bulls. To also try to amp- I'm to try to amplify Jeez. the 60 milligrams of Adderall uh, that I've already taken. Yeah. And on top of that, someone that I've never enjoyed. The smell, the taste, the act of smoking a cigarette craved Ooh. cigarette, craved it in my heart, in my soul, <laughs> needed a cigarette. And so I would blow them down. I'm talking about I could knock out, get ready, two packs in a day Damn. by myself. Wow. Like I would just smoke them back to back or whatever. And it would, it's so. It's like all this this domino effect was insane. Mm-hmm. And I was treating my body like complete trash. There was no temple here yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Like this temple had graffiti all over it. I was TPing it, <laughs> knocking bricks out from underneath. Like it was absolutely insane. Do you think that Adderall intensified the nicotine addiction? Oh, yeah. Well, again, there was no so. So, what do you mean exactly? Because there was no nicotine. Like I didn't like nicotine beforehand. Like even like if when I came down from Adderall, like I'm looking at the cigarette box, like oh, get that shit uh, away okay. from me. Yeah, okay. like I wouldn't. I wouldn't even touch it if yeah. I if I wasn't physically on it that day. Yeah, is what I mean. I would have to pop one, and then an hour later, where the cigarettes? Wow. Yeah, like it was like that. It was a very very interesting. That's weird. It was wildly toxic. <laughs> Having said all that. I then started to build these practices, right? This, this yoga, exercise, mindfulness, meditation, all these different types of things. And I realized, because then I, I decided I was going to try Adderall again mm. after a, a long time of doing these practices. And then when I took the Adderall, nothing changed. Yeah. Nothing Did you happened. think after doing all that, I can do it this time and I'll be able to... Well, I'll be able to control. Oh, so when I say nothing changed, I mean I took the Adderall and that hit, right, that I had always been looking for, that hyper focus mm. and all of that, I was already there. Mm. Is what I'm saying. So I had already achieved 
what the Adderall used to give me. Mm. So there was no change in consciousness. I was like, oh, well, guess I don't need this anymore. Yeah, I, I, this I, I, I Exactly. <laughs> I decided to drop this and then adopt a, a, a new uh, variety of practices that do achieve this, but they take time. Hmm. Like that black belt, they just take time yep. and it's more meaningful but it's not expedient, mm-hmm. and that's that's the whole, that's the whole point there. Yeah, is it just it just meant everything to be able to get to a place. It's like okay, now I can do this healthily. Mm-hmm. That's that's an awesome alternative. Yeah, and I don't think that a lot of times we even know that there is an alternative yeah. to these things oh, yeah. when you just get caught up in yeah. them. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I was going with that. So I'm so congratulations to all of us. Yeah. For, for, you know, yeah. putting all these things to the side and taking on yeah, a, a better way of life. Doing, getting, getting rid of that, all the energy and time that I had to put into alcohol, like. And yeah, the money too. The money, the recovering, <sighs> mm-hmm. the rebuilding of relationships when there's a fucking fight. Right. Yeah. I don't have to do any of that anymore. <laughs> now I can take all that energy and focus it somewhere else. Somewhere yeah. meaningful. Like going to the gym, mm-hmm. starting a new career, being a better parent. Right. Way healthier relationship with my wife. I mean, it. Night and day. It doesn't. Night and day. Right. It's not even close. Not even close. Not. I mean, and I had some really fun times drinking. I really. Did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Life. Just day to day life is so much better now. Yeah. Just clear thinking able to focus on things way better it's just i can't even mm. compare it like it's it's not even close how do you feel like your relationship with you so you you said you have so you have how many daughters you have, I have three daughters three daughters two boys yeah okay and so my wife had so i had one before my wife and i met that's our oldest okay uh, 17 year old then she had two before we met from mm. her first marriage okay and then we have two together okay so our two youngest are three and our youngest will be one in a few days here. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. So how is your relationship how's your relationship or your parenting you feel like altered or amplified or elevated since the since the drinking quit? Oh man. It, most of it just comes with clear thinking, um, setting a better example for the kids. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Just waking up early on the weekends to do stuff with them rather yeah. than sleeping off a fucking hangover. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, definitely a big difference for sure. You know, and our kids were around when we were up till midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning drinking mm-hmm. a lot of nights. And mm-hmm. it, you know, I think the fact that they've seen us go through it and seen some of the shitty stuff mm-hmm. and then they've also seen us quit and where we're at now. Right. I think yeah. that's huge. Yeah, for I sure. I think it's huge because one of our kids told us, I'm never drinking. Mm. And we're like, why? And we're like, because you guys are <laughs> fucking crazy. Well, at least it worked that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I mean, it, it could have a lot of work. Exactly. It yeah. can always go the uh, the opposite way. Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to try to take care of whatever feeling it is I have from looking at them by, yeah. by continuing the cycle. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. cool that they were just like, yeah, nope, yeah. I'm good. Some people are like that. Mm-hmm. Some people can look at other people and learn from them. I wasn't that person. I had to bang my head into walls constantly. But my little sister's like that. 
She yeah. looks at other people and she's like, nope, yeah. nope, nope, yeah. not doing any that's, of that stuff. That's <laughs> that's a virtue. Yeah, it is. That's a yeah. wild thing. But yeah. I, I think there's something to learn in the hard way as well. I yeah, yeah, that yeah. That could yeah. be beneficial mm-hmm. in some cases. Yeah, yeah, you don't regret all those times mm-hmm. as you had, like you said. Yeah. And, and like you said, struggling one by yourself and also struggling with someone, like you said, your father and his brothers had to do it. Like mm-hmm. it, it builds, it fortifies. Yeah. It reinforces. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, it was great to hear. Okay, and so let's get into let's get into this new career. Okay, because I've been I've been I've been interested in this. All right. So, what is it, and how did you get into this exactly? So, what I do now is I film hunters for hunting shows. Okay. Oh, these are for hunting shows, shows. specific. Oh, so, and that's not, not even that. how I like. That's not even why I first got into it. So let's back up. I was the foreman for the security cameras at the Pentagon, the upgrades, the maintenance, the repairs of the security cameras at the Pentagon. And I'd been doing work like that since I was 19 years old, audio video work, small electronics work for government contractors. Okay. Um, and eventually, like, like I said, been doing it since I was 19, doing that 66, 95 stop and go fucking traffic every morning, every afternoon. Mm. Eventually I was just like, mm. and this is all I, after like <sighs> it's recent that you know I stopped doing that, mm-hmm. um, but I I got to a point in life where I you know my wife she started doing what she loves she's a real estate agent okay I was like babe I gotta I gotta make a change too I was like I can't I, it's driving me fucking crazy yeah it's driving me it was crazy. mostly just the commute that was driving the commute, you crazy it just wasn't the line of work I was really interested in okay um, why do you think you why even got into the, the so electronics. I, when I was 19, man, that's when my, my oldest was born. Yeah. So I didn't you, have a lot of options. You had to make it work. My dad hooked me up with a job and I was like, let's okay, go. Okay, let's, let's do go. it. Yep. So I took it and, you know, kind of ran with it. And I got, you know, I got to a point in my life recently where I was able to safely make a change. Yeah. You know, my right, wife had right, a right, cooler right, right. year with real estate. Awesome. So it wasn't like... I'd like to say I took this giant leap of faith. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It was like, no, we had some cushion. We, yeah, we, we had, had some cushion. Had some my wife, room, yeah. super supportive. Support, she's supporting all of us right now because I'm still not making a ton of money. Hey, that's awesome. I've been making half of what I was making. Right. Um, but she was like, find something you love. Find something you love to do and and find a way to make money doing it. And how, and, and how old are you now? I'm 30. I just turned 37. That's that's dope. That's dope. Because I know, I mean, this story that you're beginning to tell is not the status quo. Right. Right. You start to get older. People are just stuck in these ways. And there is no there's not a leap of faith. And there certainly isn't always some this infrastructure built that allows you to be able to springboard and to do a passion project. So so you're blessed. That's first and foremost. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. So, so yeah. So she, she was like, start thinking about things that you love to do and let's find, let's find a way for you to make money doing them. And I explored some other things that didn't work out. And, you know, hunting season was right around the corner. She's like, you love hunting. I was like, I do. We were watching a hunting show in bed one night and she was like, why don't you look at being a cameraman or getting on, getting in a hunting shows somehow or you know that you love doing that find find a way to go after it i was like yeah let me let me look into filming my own hunts to start so i started looking at camera gear started looking you know watching youtube videos so everybody does now when they want to learn something yeah for sure on youtube yeah a thousand percent so easiest way started looking on youtube 
And then I was watching my outdoor TV and I just typed in the words film the hunt. And this school popped up called film the hunt. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta be shitting me. (laughs) Listen to people. It's this easy. This this is how you get into stuff. I called my wife. I was like, babe, this is gold. There's a school in Ohio. They have a class in June and a class in July. I was like, I got to go take these classes. So she's like, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So I went and took these classes. Do, uh, doing all this, still working at the Pentagon. Were they were they pretty pricey? These classes, they're, they're pretty pricey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they weren't cheap. Um, and the cool thing about these schools too is once you once you take these classes, everybody in the industry, as far as uh, hunting TV, knows that this school exists. Oh, uh, okay. Right? So if they're looking for cameramen, yeah, they hit up this school. Oh, they're that's like, awesome. Who you got? That's the hub. Who's your best student? Who are your three best students? Right. Yeah, so the way the school works is there's four classes. There's the field production class, was, which teaches you what to do in the field with the camera, how to film the hunter, how to, you know, follow an animal, all that kind of stuff. Then there's a video editing class. Let me, let me, uh, oh, sorry. Just, no, that's all right. Yep. Yeah, I think that'd be better for so you. So there's a field production class and then there's a video editing class. And then the next year you take the advanced versions of both of those classes. So I haven't even taken the advanced stuff yet, mm. but I, uh, Went and took the first two classes and then started immediately um, looking for work. Yeah. I was like, I, let me get to work. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll figure it out as I go. I was like, I will. I promise you that I'll work as hard as I, I'm not going to promise that I'm not going to make mistakes, but give but me a the chance. Work, but the work ethic is there. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm ready to work. So, And the guys that run the school knew that. They have their own show as well. So they hired me to do a few mm. hunts with them. They recommended me to a few other shows that they that they do some work so for. So you just made some good connections while made you were Made good there. connections, developed awesome. some good relationships, and got my foot in the door. It's so important, dude. Yeah. It's so important. And they, they even said at the school, like, building good relationships is half the battle. One thousand percent. Like you so. just, you just again, you're just also blessed. Oh, firsthand, what we already just spoke about having the infrastructure, having a supportive wife, mm-hmm. being able to, I mean, have the wherewithal, the work ethic that you have. But then you just being able to be able to articulate yourself yeah. and be as likable yeah. and communicative as you are. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah, you could be a great cameraman, but if you're a fucking douche, nobody <laughs> <laughs> straight up. Yeah, one thousand percent. I'd much rather. You know, that's it. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it goes across all all realms of life. Like you would much rather have someone that's just a little less talented or skillful than the douchebag, right? With somebody you know, with the if, humility, yeah. That knows, Fuck, man, I screwed up, but what can I do better next time? Show mm-hmm. me how to fix this. Mm-hmm. Especially when I'm working with the guys that run the school, like they know I'm going to screw up. I it's five months I've been doing this. Yeah. Do you think you got some humility lessons going through jujitsu and stuff? Oh, like, for sure. You know, like that helped out a bit. Dude, if we want to go back to that, I'll tell you about my first fucking day of jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, do oh that real God, quick. Real, I thought real. I was the baddest motherfucker a lot. Oh, I love this. Right? Yes. Went in there, white belt. I was like, look, <laughs> went at, in there, white belt. <laughs> looking at some of these dudes, like that dude weighs 140 pounds. No way. Right. There's no way. Dude right. choked me six times in five minutes. <laughs> Shit, you're not. And he was a blue belt at the time. He hadn't right. been doing it that much longer than me. Right. Two years, maybe. Yeah. Choked me six times in five minutes. Jeez Louise. I was like, holy shit. That, that was must, a quick lesson. Yo, yeah. Be, being new to it, it must just be the most, I would find it to just be so aggravating. I mean, this is sort of like a primal state. It's, it's instinctual. Someone's choking you out. You have to feel a way about that. 
You definitely do it first. Yeah, at first. That's what I mean. At first, when you're going sure. into it, like, dude, yeah. this dude keeps fucking choking me. Yeah. Like, I'm angry now. And I can't do shit about it. Right. Not a fucking thing. Those, Nothing. Those are some life lessons. Yeah. <laughs> those are some life lessons. When life starts choking you, you just can't do anything about it. So what do you do in those moments when you can't do anything about it? Well, once you once you set the ego aside. Yes. You start with what can I do next time to maybe not let him get in that position to choke me. Mm-hmm. And so and if you approach every new thing that you do with that sort of mentality, yeah. you learn faster. Yep. You know, the humility. Yeah. 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 I like that. So that, that is the that's, life lesson. That's one thing people don't understand. Like if you don't do jujitsu, people who don't do jujitsu don't understand that. They see it as this savage thing where you're just trying to choke and kill each other. Yeah. There's so much. Mm-hmm. life lesson yeah from jujitsu like respect humility e- setting the ego aside learning mm-hmm. you know yeah it, it's like people the, the funniest thing that people say who don't do jujitsu is i wouldn't i wouldn't tap out to a choke i wouldn't go in there and tap out there's no way i wouldn't tap out like okay all right all right yeah all right. roll with vince and tell me <laughs> Shit. Let Vince choke you. Fuck that. Let Vince choke you is insane. No way. There's some, like, (laughs) just getting choked is a lot different than being choked when you're already gassed from rolling for three and a half minutes with a dude who weighs 270 pounds with his knee in your chest. You know, Mm. you're going to tap. (laughs) You're going to tap out. If you if you're any sort of smart, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you definitely. And then people out. ask, doesn't it suck when you have to tap out? It's like, yeah, I felt that way at first. Yeah, at first. But I've been in this for years, man. Like, yeah, that's that ego talking again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it still sucks to tap. Like, mm-hmm. it still sucks to it, losing. Always sucks, but right, it's not ideal. Right. But if you still again adopt that that. uh idea of setting your ego to the side and realizing that if you were doing what you were supposed to be doing mm-hmm. you ought to have learned something right coming out of it and if you don't know what you were supposed to do then you ask the question of the per- you ask the guy you were rolling with hey what'd you do to set that up yeah and if he's a senior belt what could i have done to stop you from setting that up mm. you know yeah and that's every single day of jujitsu yeah every day is like there's not a day in the gym that you're not going to get tapped out and learn something if you go in there with the right with the right mindset. Right. All right. So hop back in. So you made some great connections and <laughs> made the, some good connections. So the yep. people at this at the film hunt school decided to have you do some of their yep. some of their work yep. as well as put you in contact with some other people. Correct. Yep. And then so yeah, first job I had was when was it? Late August, early September. Went out to Kentucky, filmed a whitetail hunt. Kentucky. You know where I in Kentucky. <laughs> I've only been in one place, but it was awesome. It was Bowling Green, Kentucky. Which yeah, is no, like an it was hour out from Louisville. Uh, I was south, oh, south okay. central okay, south. Kentucky. Okay, yeah, I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you where I was. Okay, um, so that was cool. That was, it was hot. It was different. It was, um, I've never hunted that early in the season before. Mm. Um, so that was cool. That was my first one. Then I, I went to Colorado after that. Okay, that was super cool because that was we were we were going after elk. Mm. That was a way different type of hunting than I've ever. I've only hunted whitetail. Yeah. Do you guys ever like take and like cut these things up, smoke them ever? Like, oh, I do with with whitetail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. with whitetail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, ha- I'm probably going to the butcher to pick up a deer. Oh, <laughs> after I leave here, yeah. damn. Yeah. Have you ever tried elk though? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. Yep. And how was it? It's good. Okay. It's good. So this year, 
we're getting off subject again, but this year I've tried some wild, a lot of new wild game. I've mm. had moose, mm. I had mule deer, I've had elk, and I've had pronghorn antelope. Pronghorn and fastest land mammal in North America. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good, too. People shit on it, but the way this guy cooked it, it was amazing. Yeah. But mule deer was actually my favorite. Everybody talks about how great elk is, too, but I don't know. Mule deer tasted the best to me. Okay. But anyway. Yeah. So, so second trip was to Colorado, went after elk. That one was unsuccessful as far as getting an animal, mm. but successful for me as far as learning experience. Exactly. It was a new type of hunt, new animal. I mean, it just wasn't even close to, to a whitetail. Mm. I mean, this was a spot and stalk walking through. I, we did 28 miles in two days on elk. Yeah. So my dogs were barking on that trip. It was fun, man. I, that was probably my favorite part of it. Yeah, I was going to ask, what is the most difficult part of this for you? For me, being away from the family. Yeah, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's what I thought. Because hunting's fun. Yeah. When you're enjoying that, there's nothing really hard about that. The physical part was rough, but I fucking love it. Yeah, you're into that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, not seeing my, my babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, that's been the hardest part about the new job mm. altogether is is being away. From yeah, because you're taking some trips. Like, yeah. when, like when we had a conversation a couple weeks ago, you were just like, all right, man, like I'm, I'm here in town. We can get it done. But like I'm going to be going in a couple weeks. So yeah. like, what's up? There was a trip I went on. It was my first one out to Ohio. And while I was in Ohio, somebody called me and said, hey, can, when you're done with that one, can you come out to Missouri? Uh-huh. So I was <laughs> had to call my wife like two days before I was supposed to come home. And I was like, it's going to be another week or so. Right. So, Dang, man. Yeah. But you're doing it. Yep. She's doing it, too. She's a gangster, man. She, uh, she's been cool, supportive throughout the whole process. So, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Colorado, I've been to Colorado twice. So, we went Kentucky, Colorado. Where did I go after that? I think Ohio, Missouri. Ohio, Canada. Mm. Canada was what, cool. Yeah, what time of year was you in Canada? Like when, when did that happen? Canada, I take that back. Canada was actually right after Kentucky. Okay. So I went Kentucky, oh, Canada, Canada, Colorado. Okay. Canada was cool. That was waterfowl. So that was geese and ducks. Mm. So that was different too because I'd, I'd only done that once in my life and it was a slow day the day I did it. So, all right. So the most difficult, the most difficult game that you've seen hunted elk has been the elk. For sure. And why so? I think they're super elusive because they're so sought after. Mm. Did did so? Did you just eat the the? Was so, it the so, pronged antelope? You said that was the quickest one in the northern America, correct? That's the fastest. That's the fastest one. Yeah. Okay, but have you? Did you just try that? Just meat? try. Yeah, okay, that, you just wasn't anything that. that okay, was, okay, yeah, okay. Somebody else killed it and cooked it. Okay, because yeah. I was going to say, why wasn't that the most difficult? Okay. Yeah. No. It. No. No. So all the animals I've eaten. Yeah. All the new animals I've eaten, the mule deer was the only one that was killed by the person that got you. That okay. provided it for me. Understood. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The moose, <laughs> this one's funny. The moose I had in Canada, one of the guys that worked at the outfitter I was at hit the moose with his car. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but totally, obviously, by accident. Yeah. But they just, well, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. It wasn't hunt. <laughs> that wasn't his no method. You're right. <laughs> exactly. No. So he, yeah, he hit a cow moose with his car and they just... They're like, I'm not going to let it rot here on the side of the road. We'll salvage the good stuff. There might be a misconception here. How large are, is like your average moose? I don't know. I've you don't never know. seen one. Oh, okay. I haven't okay. seen one yet. Okay. 
But that, from what I understand, it's like a fucking horse. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Like, yeah. they're pretty fucking large. Elk. When I saw an elk for the first time in Colorado, I was amazed. Mm. Like, you think... You, you you have a conception about right what they look like and, and it's how wrong. big they are. It's way <laughs> it's just off. They're just br- I mean they are big big animals. Yikes! Yeah, it's funny, man. We hunted hard for four days. Didn't see an elk. We're driving down the freaking road and there's one eating some lady's tree in her front. <laughs> Damn! Come on. Yeah, and what do you do? Like, do you as the lady? Like, what do you do? You oh yeah, she just let it be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, shoo a freaking elk away that's eating your tree. <laughs> yeah man i took pictures of that it was hilarious hunted hard for four days in a row and then saw that it's you like, just see it's like wow damn. really yeah that's crazy mm-hmm. all right so i i think i also saw a post of yours one time where you were talking about one of your favorite things being out there is you just some people had put you up like yeah some- so so i went to work for this pretty well-known show on the outdoor channel and they they have a spot in ohio that they hit every year and the guy that owns that spot they were gonna let him have an episode on their show oh okay. like as a thank you yeah for, for sure. allowing them to hunt there so they hired me That's to awesome. go film him for that oh very so they cool. you know they they had me to their house cooked me dinner every night they were just super cool people that, that's one of the, the coolest things about this new job too is um i think we go back to that struggle thing where deer hunting isn't necessarily a struggle, but you're doing something together, trying to achieve a common goal. You know, I'm sitting there with a hunter for four hours in a row, Mm. five mornings in a row, sitting in a tree. Like, that's good bonding time. Like, you get to know people, you know, in a different way doing stuff like that than going to work and installing cameras together, I feel like, you know? (laughs) It's just different. And that's one of the coolest things I found about this new job is just... Stolen cameras together. Yeah, yeah. I I would think so. I would think so. For anyone that's... uh, I mean, I grew up going outside. I know a lot of people that wasn't their their thing. I I went out. I was going hiking and camping and stuff like that. And then just in the neighborhood, just running around in the woods and just beating yourself the fuck up because you're a young boy running around in the woods. Mm -hmm. Tire swings and rope swings on the trees and, you know, smashing your head into rocks and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. That's just what you did. But every time I go out hiking somewhere, every single time, I think at some point during the hike, why do I not do this more? Mm-hmm. I, I just, this is just, it feels like I'm rooted here. Yeah. I just feel like this is where I'm most grounded is just nothing but the elements. And this is where I feel most comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so this is, so I imagine when you're just doing that with people, I mean, I've taken hikes with people, but when you're out there doing what you guys are doing mm-hmm. for days on end, hours on end, just like hanging out yeah. in the grass and shit. Yeah. Like or that. In a that tree. Would, or yeah. It, yeah. 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 In a tree yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that does have some sort of real. It's way different bonding than just experience. sitting around watching TV together. Or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even it's like. People bond sitting around a campfire, but there's something different to sitting in a tree stand with somebody trying to kill a deer together. Like, mm. there's just something to that that's different. Yeah. It's fucking cool, man. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think that that's just, it's just rooted in what we are as just beings. Yeah. Just just in the natural world. There's some evolutionary things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, some biological, just waiting for the kill. Mm-hmm. You know, having, you know, mining all your P's and Q's. Yep. Having to be alert. Mm-hmm. But being together. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely, there's definitely something in that. Yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah. I love that you're doing it's this cool. thing. So, 
you're going out, you're meeting, you're meeting tons of new people mm-hmm. and seeing a whole lot. Did you ever think that you would just be seeing as much as you're seeing? No, nah, a few years ago, no way. I thought I was stuck where I was at, and mm-hmm. that was going to be it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it, you know, and and I hate complaining about my old job. Okay, like it sounds like I'm bitching. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. people that would die for that. Mm-hmm. You know, that would love to have that job. For I sure. just, I just, you know, it just wasn't for you in the long run. Wasn't for me in the long run. Had a great opportunity again. <laughs> couldn't thank my wife enough. Like mm-hmm. if she wasn't rocking it right now. I'd never would have been able to do it. Okay. Um. And so how long have you actually been hunting? So I started hunting probably 12, 11, 12 years ago. Oh, yeah. For so sure. I haven't been doing it my whole oh, life. Oh, yeah. I saw but... you with the bow on your, on your Instagram, too. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. That's new for me. Oh, okay. That's, the bow's new for me. I didn't start hunting with a compound bow until probably three years ago. I still haven't killed anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, bow hunting's a whole different realm. Yeah. I'm so nervous. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough. But... Yeah, there's people that have grown up hunting. Like that wasn't me. I didn't start doing it till ten or twelve years ago. So, um, but I do it a lot. I may, I probably have more hunts under my belt than people that have hunted 15, 20 years. Mm. I spend a lot of once once hunting season starts. You can ask my wife. I'm in the woods a lot. Okay, so yeah. yeah now I told you that I've never, not once in my life, mm. fired. A firearm. Yeah, we have to change that. So yeah, and yeah, so that's why I brought that up. Like I'm totally with that. Yeah, 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 Mikey, you're hearing this. Yep, Mikey, we're going. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with that. I I love to, I'd love to learn about that. Yeah, see what, see what the fuck is going on out there. Especially by someone that actually like knows what they're doing. Yeah, are going to be. I'm not an expert at it, but I'm an expert on the safety. No. Oh yeah, I'm with that. That's 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 number one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to go to the range with somebody that. That doesn't know what they're doing. No. Pointing the gun in the, and no. Not safe direction. No. Yeah. No. I don't want to do that. If I'm going to do something, I want to learn how to do it right. I want yeah. to know the correct protocol. Yeah. I want to have respect and like reverence mm-hmm. for whatever it is that's being done. So, yeah. yeah, I think that that's. Yeah, it's something you can't make mistakes with. All right. Question I ask everyone here. Yeah. Right. So, here it is. <laughs> what is at the forefront of of your mind these days the number one thing that is the the concurrent focus do more do better do more do better progress progress the things that are important to you try and constantly be looking for ways to evolve and and do them better whether it's relationships with your family career Stuff at the gym, you know, mm-hmm. um, and try not to waste time because there ain't a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Try not to waste time. And a lot of that mindset, you know, I go back to it, but started after I quit drinking, man. It really did. Yeah. Like, I hate to keep harping on No, that, no, it's just, fine. Just, just a refocus, man. You know, um, one of my biggest influencers He's a podcaster as well. Mm-hmm. Jocko Willink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's he, intense. Yeah. <laughs> he's an intense dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if grown men are supposed to have idols, but that motherfucker is <laughs> one of my idols, man. He really is. And, no, he's um, he's a good one, though. Yeah. Yeah. If, there, if there's to be yeah. some, he's definitely Get on that after team. it is one of my favorite little mm-hmm. short 
quotes. Yeah, it's yeah. his go-to. Yeah, he's one of those guys who just wakes up at like four o'clock every single morning. Every morning, and just post a picture of his watch at four thirty a.m. That's what it is. Yeah, and he's yeah, getting yeah. after it. Damn. <laughs> yeah, and he's just jacked. And he's also what I like about him a lot is that he is, you know, in in a sense, what's funny is, and you say that he's an influencer of yours. Is that he does sort of remind me of a you. And this is what I mean by that. This is let me please let me let me throw this in here. Is that on the surface, because we're always spinning narratives about people that we just see as if we're proficient profilers of some sort, which we're not. Yeah. But someone might look at you and think that, I don't know, maybe if they see you at the gym or they catch you at a certain point, maybe you're hunting, maybe you're posting this stuff, that you are a expendable type. You remember those movies like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. Sylvester Stallone, Chuck Norris, <laughs> fucking all of those guys. Yeah. You know, Bruce Willis type yeah. where it's just balls to the wall. We're getting shit done. We're blowing things up yeah. and shooting with, at things. With no thought or, or yeah. At all. Yeah. Exactly. We're like just it's, just, it it's just straight action for two hours. Yeah. And so on the surface, that's what someone may think Jocko Willick is. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he's just this super intense ex-Navy SEAL, correct? Yeah. Yeah, he was a commander of SEAL Team Three. Mm. Um, he was he was uh, task unit bruiser. Was he, he? Chris Kyle was a guy who worked under him. The uh, movie American Sniper. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah, he lost a couple guys in Iraq in his task unit. One of them, Medal of Honor recipient Mikey Mansoor, I think, was one of his guys too. So yeah, he's. I mean, right. He's been through it. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. been through it. Yeah. And and so so that's what he wears on the surface, or at least that's how people would perceive without a keen eye to anything mm-hmm. else. But then you have a conversation such as we're having a conversation and you start to peel back the layers and understand the things that are going on beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And I love him for his leadership. Yes. Like I love the way he talked because I think it's just a he, like, he just goes and talks to the top leaders at different corporations and stuff like yeah. that and helps them he does. understand how He's to got delegate leadership work. consultancy. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's what it is. Yeah. Leadership consult. That's dope. As f- yeah. You know how fucking awesome yeah. that title is like to, to be a, a, a leader of leaders. We solve problems <laughs> through leadership. That's, that's dope. Yep. Yeah, man, I, you got to love that because there are too many instances where there there are leaders at play and you're just looking at them like, how are you the leader here? Right. And his whole thing is is teaching leaders how to not lead with ego. Yeah. Like setting your ego aside. Yes. That's, that's one of the yes. things I've learned over the last few years. Listening to his podcast and reading all his books is is uh, Damn, I need to how check many my fucking have? ego sometimes. Uh In which, in whichever one first comes to your mind, I'm going to read it. Extreme ownership is his first one. Extreme ownership. Yeah. Ooh, shit. I sure brought it. Extreme. Brought it. That's yeah. okay. We'll, yeah, we're, we're going to meet up, and I'll, I'll get that. Yep. Awesome. Extreme ownership. Then his second one is called the dichotomy of leadership. Mm. And I think his third one is leadership strategy and tactics. <laughs> like, <they're Yeah>. all <laughs> this fucking guy, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, most of what he talks about boils down to ego. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, and uh, having the humility to know when you're wrong and know when you need to learn, and not not letting your ego say, "No, I'm doing it right. I don't need to change anything. That, Everybody else needs to change." Like, yes, yes, and that's just a real short, short synopsis of it, yeah, for sure. But 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 very apt, 
mm. synopsis of it, though. Yeah. Because one, it is as important, and it, that's actually been a what's funny a thread through everything that we've spoken about on this episode so yeah. far is ownership and ego and accountability, yeah. all of these sorts of things. And I remember I talk about this uh, clinical psychologist Jordan B. Peterson on mm-hmm. here a lot, and he had a conversation with Jocko Willick, mm. I believe on his on Jocko's podcast, yes. I believe it was. Yeah, and. They were having a conversation, or it may have been a it doesn't matter, but they were having a conversation, and Jocko spoke about how he was an English major. Mm-hmm. And then when they got into why that was the case, I thought it was just the most awesome shit ever. I love words and I love the the power that they that they wield. Yeah. And when he's he's talking about reading books and learning how to best draft his thoughts because his thoughts on a letter given to his superiors could be the difference between losing some of his men Mm -hmm. and saving some of his men, depending upon, you know, how, if he can convince, if he can be persuasive enough to his superior in a, in a complete, completely unegocentric way, clearly, because you can't, you can't play that tug of war with your superior. That's not going to work. No. So you have to use your words in such an acute way, yeah. such a convincing way. It's like, yo, I understand that this is what you want the plan to be. These are the reasons why I feel like it should be altered mm-hmm. in this way, that way. Yep. And it working. Here's how we did it wrong in the past. Here's what I'm going to do oh, to fix it in the future. That is, that is when it makes the most sense ever. Like, mm-hmm. like those stakes are super yeah, high. That's the highest level of it is saving the guys that work for you, saving their lives. <laughs> Bro, can you imagine yeah. the I mean the the pressure when you're writing this letter to your superior? Yeah. yeah. Like I got to get this right. Yeah. I have to get this right. I have to put everything into yeah. this yeah. in the best way shape form cuz I I've lost too many already. I can't mm-hmm. I can't we can't keep doing this. Yeah. That's insane. So I I I really I like to, you know, put a light on that, shine a light on that because I don't, through my experience speaking to people, I don't truly feel as though in our culture, whatever you want to, whatever you think that is, maybe public school, whatever, we do not revere acuity and precision of words enough Mm. because they matter. And there's, and there's going to be times where there are where things fall through, there's going to be misunderstandings no matter how well articulated you mm-hmm. are. That's going to kind of happen. Yeah. But again, I say this all the time, all boats rise on the same tide. So if we can all just try to be better with active listening to one another in precision with our words, then I think the overall accuracy will rise. I agree. Yeah. Communication Communication's key. How do you, like, while we're on that, have you heard, did you listen to Elon Musk when he was on Joe Rogan's podcast? So there were two, right? So, so the one where he's talking about the brain chip that he's trying to yes, sell yes, people on, where you don't even have to communicate with words anymore. Yes, how fucking crazy does that sound? That was that was. Uh, I just spoke about this with my friend JP a few weeks ago. That was confusing to me because, and, and I didn't, and so I didn't think that Joe did is due diligence in question asking because mm. I'm thinking, okay, you're right. You have you have something that's going on. I don't even know what to call it, but you have some symbols in your mind that that read to you what 
what you feel you understand about something. Mm -hmm. And now you have to distill those into words, right? Symbols, which are words Mm -hmm. in, in a, as concise of a manner as possible in order to get the message across to the next person. Right. What I'm thinking is if, if those words are sort of broken down and you don't have to do that distillation, Mm -hmm. then what, what is it exactly that's being communicated? Right. What kind of language are we using here? Yeah, yeah. like, do I just am I do I just feel you? you? Feel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that's <laughs> yeah, like I didn't quite, I didn't quite understand it, but I, I, I still thought that the idea was, yeah, it was definitely wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the same questions you did. Like, yeah, how are like, we conveying information? Yeah, without because the, the only way that we know how to do it is with words. is with words. So. If I mean the dudes, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't quite get it. Again, yeah, yeah like I, I guess maybe I'm, I'm feeling the emotions yeah. that you're feeling in conjunction with whatever concepts are floating around in your brain. Mm-hmm. But however that can be formulated without the or maybe, usage of words. Maybe his thought is to still use words, but also use words in conjunction with the feelings that go along with those words. Mm, okay. Like, okay. That the makes couch is blue, sense. but here's how I feel about yeah, the couch being the couch blue. Being blue. Mm, yeah. That, the whole thing's fucking Yeah. The whole thing is fucking <laughs> insane. Like that's so far into the future, but that's what visionaries are, right? Like yep. it's so far into the future. But then again, it's not even because he said it, like 10 years. Yeah. He said like 10 That's years. That's not long at all. He says these things so flippantly. Like he says yeah. them so nonchalantly. Like, mm, mm, mm. 10, 10, 10 years. That's exactly 10 years. 10, 10, 10, 10 12 years. <laughs> oh, that whole brain chip thing to me is, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. I mean, certainly extremely um honorable right as mm. far as trying to help paraplegics and, and things of that sort yeah like that's 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 crazy noble and then once it gets past that it starts to get freaky what mm. i what i <laughs> proposed to my my friend was he said that at a point in time you'll will be able to just kind of like our thoughts and memories and all these are really just downloadable content yeah so you should be able to download these things onto a hard drive and upload them somewhere else, right? Like on a computer or some of that. So you can pretty much take me and copy me, right? You can replicate me and put me somewhere else to a degree. To a degree, yeah. You can replicate your words. There's things that a computer is not, that you can't put on a hard drive. Right, but so so when he's talking about memory, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's a whole lot of who we think that we are. Like what makes us, if you've ever, I don't know if you ever dealt with anybody with Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. I used it, my grandfather used to have it. So then when you when people start to lose their memory, that's when the sadness comes because you're like, well, who who are they? They don't remember me. Right. Like so they're not even who they were without all of the content that, that they have been through in life. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of makes us who we are in a sense, or the way that we the way that we perceive ourselves. So if I can take these memories and in the way in the inflection of your voice, if I have enough recording of your voice, right, and I can mm. just make, I can put words together I gotcha. and use your and use your the inflection of your voice along with the memories that you have, and then I can download them into another 
brain into mm-hmm. into another chip that I put in someone else's brain or a computer or the like, then when that thing starts speaking to someone that lost that person, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a connection yeah. that's going to happen there because we can talk about the old Christmases that we used to have mm-hmm. together. And when, you know, you took me to go hunting for my first time and all this sort of stuff, yeah. like that can happen. And so the question that I have is, are we going to, is the value of a human life going to be a bit compromised mm. if I can seemingly bring you back to life? Bring you back yeah. to life. Yeah, that's a good, I never even thought about that. Like the Bro. value of human life with all this. Right. Because it's like everything you love from this person, I can preserve it. Yeah. I can, I can keep that. Yeah. It's just, it's very free. The future, and he has said this in one of his press runs. He's like, listen, guys, the future's going to be freaky. Mm. I'm letting you know that right now. The present's fucking freaky. The present is freaky. <laughs> the present is freaky. Yeah. Jeez, wheeze, man. Fucking Elon Musk. He uh, tweeted something the other day about paying $11 billion in taxes or something, and Jordan Peterson was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, that's the right response. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is the right response. Thanks. Yep. You didn't have to do that. Yeah. But hey. Yep. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with it. Because I think it is the the redistribution of wealth is something that I've thought about quite heavily. It's not because I'm not on the side of just heavily tax the fuck out of anyone that's made something of themselves and made some money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we want to incentivize being in a world where people would like to distribute or redistribute wealth that they've earned, right, in in productive ways. Mm-hmm. But then I've also rethought wealth in my years and thought about all the different ways that that we have wealth. And so I don't look at things monetarily all the time right? right like so like he's doing it with science right exactly so that that's his thing because when you as as sort of robotic as he can sound sometimes mm-hmm. like when you if if you get him to talk enough there's a heart like man. he's a heart he's got a heart <laughs> he just we just we have to have more compassion yep. like we got it like he would just I think we need to be more compassionate yeah <laughs> we need more compassion <laughs> maybe maybe we put compassion in the chip <laughs> exactly <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) And so, so for me, and this is also in, you know, in alignment with Jordan B. Peterson's work is, listen, the blessings that a lot of us do have, it would be best if we can make it justifiable. Mm -hmm. If people stop pointing at the top 1%, knowing that if you widen the playing field, you're a part of the top 1%. If you widen it to the entire world and human beings throughout history, you are a part of the one percent making thirty thousand dollars or more. Yeah, right. Isn't that crazy when you think about it? Right. So now, okay, now you're a part of the problem, are you not? Mm. Right. If you're not redistributing wealth or whatever the case is, so his whole work is find a way to, as he says, clean up your room, which is get yourself together first before you think you're about to just go out and just start making changes to the world. It's Mm -hmm. not how it works. Right. Figure yourself out first. And that takes grueling work through years. So you figure that out first. 
And then maybe if you have some reserve left over, you can start being a positive, uh, you know, reinforcement to the people close to you, your family, your friends, Mm -hmm. and then your community and so on and so forth. So that redistribution of wealth, I feel like ought to come from if you don't have, you know, monetary gain like that, it might be your insight into something. Yeah. And there's a process that hunters go through that's similar. Like when you first start hunting, your goal is get good at hunting, kill every deer I see, put Mm -hmm. it in the freezer, right? Then you go through this process of, all right, now I'm going to trophy hunt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now I just want to kill the biggest deer, most mature deer, you know? And then there's the last step of the process in hunting. And this is kind of where I'm starting to get to is teaching others how to hunt. Yeah. Which I love doing that. Right. Yeah. So, Got off in a little bit. Of no, no, no. That's a, that's the same. same kind of that's the same yeah. exact thing. I yeah. think uh, I was looking at there's there's always like a bunch of shit that I don't know about that people always like. Oh, how do you not know about this thing? Like it's it's very basic. One of my friends made fun of me a long time ago and said, "Bro, your brain can only process like complex ideas." <laughs> Aside from that, like you like you just don't know about a bunch of regular basic shit that yeah. just people know, just common yeah. things. Yeah. And so you are aware of of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm. You know about I this? I do not. Okay. So this is something I didn't know about. My little sister made fun of me for not knowing about it the <laughs> other day. Because when people say things and I don't know what they are, I'm like, hey, what's that? Right. I ask about it. Right. I don't just like act like I know and just sit in the back. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And just be like, yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of crazy. I'm like, no, what is that? So- uh, I think he he was a, a writer in his time. This was, may have been in I forgot what fucking time this was. It was a long time ago. It may have been like the 19th century. Maybe I'm probably getting that wrong. But either way, go look it up. Don't get your information here. Uh, <laughs> but it's this this hierarchy of of needs for the human being, and it starts off with physiological needs: sleep, air, food, water, like these like these types yeah. of things. Exactly. Mm. And then after that, I believe comes uh, some sense of like a security, I believe, comes after that. Like making sure you have shelter, shelter, yeah, shelter, you have uh, things, property. Yeah. And then after that, I believe it comes like the emotion. Like you're making sure that you're getting into like self-esteem and things like that. Then after that, we're talking about community in, in a sense of of togetherness, communion with people, mm. like a culture, a feeling as though you're Tribal. a part of some yeah. sort of exactly. And I may have those two flipped. It doesn't really matter. But the one after that is self-actualization mm. and making sure that you are now becoming the highest form of yourself possible. Gotcha. So it's, it's in, I mean, it was very well put together. Like when you really think about the things that people need and, you know, the, the steps that they take to getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that self-actualization part comes after all of those other things. You can't just tr- you can't just jump to that part. Yeah. But all of these things are so fulfilling and it's it's wonderful getting to talk to more people and realize the things that they're looking for at whatever point in life that they're in. Mm-hmm. But that sense of that level of sense of community and being able to do things for your loved ones and just people outside of that, that's such a fulfilling part of life. Mm-hmm. I think that it's so paramount yeah. 
to have. I, I just I think that it's it's so much, which is why you say you go out and then when you meet these new people that just put you up in a house and wherever you're at, like mm. that's that's huge. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Me doing this podcast and just having new people come in here every week and having these these stimulating conversations, it just helps you grow your your view, your vision mm. of what the world is. Yeah. You're talking to people that you would have, you know, otherwise never spoken to. Mm-hmm. You and I met at the gym, and this has been another, you know, product of Mikey at work. Was like, I coaching the day you came into the gym? You were, uh, no, no, you were not coaching. It was another big swole. Uh, probably Matt. Guy, yeah, yeah. Tattoos everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I believe so. It was Matt. Matt. And yeah. then, then the day after when I went, it was Blaze. Okay. Yeah, so you, but I, but I do think that you were there. He did say that you were there that day. Okay. But you and I hadn't spoken. Yeah, so, so this is, so I like to think that I am on this self-actualization stage. Like that is, that is really what is at the forefront of my mind mm-hmm. when I, when I think about it. It's, it, to me, it's, catering every little bit of my life towards what works for me as an individual. And that helps me now do what I can do for the community and the people and the people by me. It's a great, it's a great feeling thinking that the people that are connected to you, the people that come across your airspace, they leave enriched, you know, like you never want to feel like you're toxic or people are leaving you with bad advice. Well, I don't even really give advice. I've talked about that too, but like bad (laughs) advice or just bad energy or feeling dejected and drained or anything like that. So, so I love being, I love being the person that I've been becoming. I think Mm -hmm. that that's really awesome. And I think that you've clearly been noticing yourself on that same path. Sure. pathway so yep. I'm, I'm just excited for, for the past five years definitely yeah i'm excited for all of us yeah shout too. out to jocko willick shout out to jordan b peterson for yep. giving out all this wisdom <laughs> i think that you know men like us if we just continue to remain open and yep. and humble in in certain respects and allow information to be given us by people that think things through well mm-hmm. yeah i with think humility that, with humility i think that this this growth just continues this continues. Is there anything at all that you felt like you wanted to talk about in the slightest? No, no. You know, I knew you wanted to talk about the outdoor stuff, the new job, but I'm glad we got into. Oh, yeah. Have to. The substance. I don't know if I'd call it substance abuse, but quitting. <laughs> quitting things that weren't good for us. Yes. You know, I'm glad we got into that a little bit. We definitely got to get you back in the gym. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard Blaze busting your balls. Don't think uh, I'm leaving here without. That's exactly what Mikey said. Mikey back. was like, he's probably going to say something. Like, <laughs> he's probably going to be like, come fight. You said you wanted to fight, right? Come, <laughs> I'm in there. Let's go. Uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely I'm definitely with that. And I, and that would be the next thing. I'd definitely like to go in there and just see. I would try jujitsu if I were you, to be honest. Okay. Like, you've done CrossFit. You've worked out before. You know what that's yeah. all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is going to probably blow your fucking mind. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely with it. I'm gonna so, come by and do so. So on my and that'll, on my list now is jujitsu yeah. and and shooting. Yes. So these are two things that I'm gonna have to come do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With you specifically. Yeah, and that'll because I've been slacking on jujitsu a little bit. To be mm-hmm. honest with you. Yeah. Um, I probably haven't done jujitsu in a few months. Well, yeah, man, you're just pivoting back and forth going on these trips. I'm stretching myself a little thin. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you start doing it, I'll I'll wash my gi and dust it off. Oh. 
Got you. And where, did you get one of Jocko Willick's geese? I have not bought one of his. Oh, okay. I haven't. There's $60 geese on Amazon. Mm. I should support Should have been on the Christmas list I should, this year. You know, I should buy one of his geese. They're American-made right. from his Origin USA company. Yeah, I've heard about I it. should fucking buy one. Yeah, from one of these old, like, super archaic looms. Yeah. Right? That, yeah. He, that his friend found. That he, yeah. yeah, yeah. Refurbished. And, right. Yeah. Yes. He's definitely making his jeans with those. Mm. So you also said before we get out of here that your your wife was excited about you coming here and doing this. Yeah. For any particular reason? Because we're both really into podcasts. Oh, okay. And I've I've always wanted to do this. And what does she listen to? She listens to the stuff I listen to. Oh, okay. She doesn't really listen to them unless we're in the car together. Mm-hmm. But she enjoys Jocko. She enjoys uh, Joe Rogan. Um, it just gets the wheels turning. And then you guys start having conversation yes. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pause it sometimes and be like. What'd you think about that? Mm-hmm. And we'll get it off on our own little tangent. Yeah. Midway through a podcast. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I mean, you have it's just a new way of documentation. Like you'll have all these episodes of all these these conversations. You'll be able to look back and think how you were interacting with things, like how your brain was working at a mm-hmm. point in time, when it was a low, when it was a high. Yeah. Like, oh, that wasn't a healthy time in my life when right. I was thinking that or right. Yeah, I look back at like you know how your Facebook will will show you memories shit that you've said twelve years ago. I'm like, <laughs> oh my fuck, was that me? Did I say that shit? That's how people get canceled these days. That's yeah. exactly that's exactly. I what fucking happens. delete some of the shit sometimes. <laughs> I'm bet. like, I'm embarrassed of who I was twelve years ago. As you ought to be. That's great. Yeah, that's great. It's the same way when you look back at like old photos. Like you as a kid, and you're like, who dressed me? Why right. why'd you guys let me out of the house in this? Yeah. It should- it's fun like finding pictures of your parents like, Dad, those fucking shorts were <laughs> short, bro. What were you doing? But it's but that's how you should feel. If you are looking back at yourself from three years ago, five years ago, ten years yeah. ago, and you're just like, hell yeah. Yeah, I was good. Like, was did, good. Uh, yeah, like Still I, same good. I missed that. Like yeah. I should be I should be that again. <laughs> I was awesome then, I'm fucking awesome now. Look. Yeah, like there's clearly <laughs> yeah, there's it's some, clearly an issue there. there. So that's that's dope. But I'm glad that you guys are able to to have that sort of uh, relationship where you guys can listen to some of the things, like you have these shared interests and then you guys can go off on these tangents, but mm-hmm. then allow you to expand both of you all's understanding of what was said and come closer to some sort of understanding of what's going on and being on the same page between you all. Yeah. This is, um, I don't say we're getting out of it, this, uh, I'll do this too. <laughs> so this is another thing I was having a conversation with, with, uh, with a friend yesterday is, Two people in a relationship growing together, I could say, should say, but really growing separately in that people are going to be growing, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're going to be open to new things and having these sort of engaging conversations with people. It's going to slowly tweak the way that you're looking at stuff and sharpen and refine the, yeah. the way that you're looking at the world and engaging with right. the world, orienting yourself. Yeah. You've got influence from each other. Right. Yeah. Although there are a lot of people that what it really comes down to was someone was saying to me, and this is something I hear far too often. Sorry if you're some of the people that have told me this. <laughs> oh, we never fight. Oh, we never have. We never have heated discussions in our relationship. Like, it's just relationships are just supposed to be easy. I don't even understand why people why people even have like it's clearly just not supposed to work if you guys are having so many heated discussions about hmm. things. That is an unsophisticated way of looking at what I believe to be a true and honest relationship. Yeah. There's no way in my mind, someone has to come talk to me about this if I'm not saying things correctly. There's no way that you have a whole complex human being with all the layers and all the 
forever changing layers within someone mm-hmm. paired with another one of those. Yep. And there aren't disagreements about the world that you're inhabiting and the way that you're orienting yourself within that world. Yeah. In there's, all the various there's layers. There's zero chance. Zero chance. Now, how you discuss those things yes. with the other person is a whole different topic. And, yes. You know, yeah. I feel like when people say shit like that, Mm -hmm. what they really mean is we're able to respectfully talk about our disagreements. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I don't think there's anybody, if you're in a relationship where you fucking agree with every other thing, somebody's way too submissive. 1000%. And I think that's a lot of what I observe. I think it's a lot of, well, if I, the, the, um, what I liken it to is people completely shunning therapy because it's well if i go to therapy then i'm admitting there's something wrong with me Mm. right like there's nothing wrong with me i'm fine i don't need therapy right so and you talking couples therapy or just uh, just just therapy in general so so i think it's the same as so now if if i bring something up that i don't like about what it is you're doing in our relationship that is an acknowledgement that there is something wrong here. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to acknowledge there's something wrong here. Right. Everything's great. Look at our Instagram. We're happy together. Mm-hmm. Right. So <laughs> like that, that shit is real. That yeah. People really, truly live that way. Yep. And so that's just a sweeping it under the rug sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And simply because you all are not expressing how you feel about things, you are now purporting that there are not problems and that there are not fights and that they're not heated discussions or high stakes conversations. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's going to bite you in the ass much later on. But, but there is, um, this sense of security is something I've been thinking about a lot on both sides of the relationship. If I'm growing and I'm growing at an accelerated rate, and this is something that's, that can be saddening for certain people. You dropped alcohol and you by the grace of whatever is at work your friends and family were cool with that Mm -hmm. and so they didn't try to bring you back to a lifestyle that you didn't want any part of Mm -hmm. right that you felt like was toxic for you and your family Mm -hmm. some people grow up with other types of friends and family for sure and they're like what are you doing right like you're changing like what do you are you so what are you trying to say that we're not doing things right, right. like why, why why can't you just like fucking relax what's yeah. going on with yeah. you oh you're changing you're drinking's you're, bad oh, oh you're growing bad people yeah it's yeah. like oh so no, you're growing yeah and so that can shed that can sort of cast a shadow on how certain people feel about themselves seeing someone else try to grow yeah And if you find yourself around people like that. I know people like that. Right. And you don't necessarily want to say something to your counterparts because you know that they're going to be offended by your growth. Mm -hmm. Then now you all are just occupying the same space. You're growing at an accelerated rate because you're open to things that you were, I mean, I don't know, closed off to or didn't know never occurred to you in the past. Probably both. And so that's when you start to see these, these age old sayings of, when when there is a discussion, now you're looking at a person like, who the fuck even are you? It's like, oh, well, I've actually been over here growing, but we haven't had the constant correspondence that it takes for you to know that I've been growing mm-hmm. aside, you know, alongside you this entire time. Right. And there's a certain security that has to be there in a relationship. Hey, I'm growing. 
But I want to make you feel secure knowing that we can have these discussions and you can you can be along with my growth and I can be along for yours as well. Mm -hmm. So that's what I see when you talk about being able to listen to these podcasts and have these mind blowing discussions with your wife. And that is so much more powerful than I think people give for sure. Give, you know, heed to or take heed to. Yeah, I wish people could really like. I try to tell people about podcasts all the time. I'm like Chris is talking about another fucking podcast. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but it, yeah, no, they're they're, they're it's the the best way to convey information nowadays. I think mm-hmm. without long no, form, yeah, 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 long form. Because yeah. we've been too, yeah, people have been too inundated with 140 characters on tweets. Or mm-hmm. Maybe maybe longer now. I'm not quite sure. TikToks, things that are just like real quick, and again, just like that quick fix. Yep. Like, I just want to get it in 30 seconds. Just give it to me that. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, but yeah. that's why I think they believe that podcast listeners are a certain type of person. Right. You know, wanting to li- sit down and listen to something for an hour and a half to three hours mm-hmm. like that, that takes a certain type of thing. But you're, you're, you're hearing something that's real. It's not late night with Jimmy Fallon. Right. Where you just have like these yeah. characters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people clapping and all this. It's not, you know, MSNBC where they have somebody come on. And they're talking about extremely complex idea, but you got to do it in the next 10 minutes. Right. It's like, yo, we, what? That's an, that's an insane yeah, way of trying to get, uh, you can't get a message across in that fast. You in that short amount of time, nothing you, meaningful anyway. Yeah. That's in, that's insane. Especially when people are just cutting each other off mid thought yeah. the whole time. Right. Nothing is being said. Yeah. And so that's something that I've been trying to convey through this podcast is what a real conversation sounds like. Yeah. Because I think I think that's why a lot of people I think that's why the podcast boom sort of happened. I think that there's been a yearning for what a real conversation sounds like. Yeah. And it's not just talking points back and forth or people just cutting each other off. It's like, okay, these people are getting closer to something. That's why we like Jocko Willick and a Jordan B. Peterson talking Mm -hmm. or Joe Rogan and whomever. Mm -hmm. But, but it also doesn't even work that way with super minded people. I was watching Neil deGrasse Tyson and Joe Rogan have a conversation. I couldn't, I couldn't get through. It was the most recent one, which I think was like two years ago. I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. Neil deGrasse Tyson would not let Joe talk. He cuts him off all the the time. And I was like, I don't think that people know that this is not a conversation because I read the comments. And it's like, oh, this is amazing. Like some people call him out, mm-hmm. but then it's a, just a whole, it's flooded with. He's a brilliant oh, dude. Oh, this is amazing. He's brilliant, which yeah. he is. Yeah. But this is a terrible conversation. Right. Like things aren't getting across. There was a point in time where Joe Rogan was telling him that he had gone to some mountaintop with some friends. And they had gone like, oh, it was like 14,000 feet in the air or something like that, like above sea level, past the clouds. They were in the car and they were thinking, oh, fuck, this is going to suck tonight because like all the clouds are out. And then he realized they drove past the clouds. And then he saw he looked up in what to him looked like he was in a spaceship in space. Mm-hmm. All he saw, all he was just engulfed in blackness and in, in stars. He yeah. said he had never seen the the sky like that before and the moon was he couldn't even see the moon which supposedly is like the best thing mm. that like an astrophysicist could could dream of mm-hmm. because the the moon casts too much light and takes and things you, out yeah you see way less stars right yeah. and Joe was saying yo I 
I that night looking up at the clouds that changed my entire perception of life. Mm-hmm. As soon as he said that, Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, "Oh yeah, and by the way, if the moon was out, let me tell you what would have happened. It would have came down and been reflected on the clouds beneath you, and you would have been in a in a sea of clouds. You would have been in an island of clouds, probably what you would have assumed or fathomed." Um, Mount Olympus to look like, you know, where Hercules and Zeus like that. And I'm listening and I'm thinking, you missed this whole point. You, you don't, <laughs> this man just sat across from you and told you how this site completely changed his complete, like just neurochemistry. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't interest you in the slightest. Like right. you're just on to telling the next fact yeah. that you have. Yeah. It's like he listens to responds. He doesn't listen to listen. Kind of. That's that's a lot of what yeah. people believe conversation to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I find it interesting because I, I don't know what your you know, what your constant conversation is like with people. But I do know clearly you have a wife that you have real conversation with. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Everybody has to have at least one person they can yeah. have real yeah, conversation important. with. Mm-hmm. I know Vince and Blaze do it. I, you can tell by the way that they interact that yeah, they do this sure. on the regular. Yeah. And I champion that. I love that so yeah. much. When people come here and then they're just they're I mean, I'm energized doing this as well. So I get it. But they're just energized in a new way. And they tell me afterwards that this has just been a high of an experience. Yeah, it's fulfilling. It's like, oh, yeah, like you don't you don't ever do this. Mm-hmm. Like you you have been inundated and engulfed by flippant, whimsical you know, day to day, completely just mindless <laughs> yep. interaction that yeah, you that, that you think has been conversation, and yeah. then you just got thrown into like Blaze, thrown into the deep end of the pool. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is what this is like. This is pretty. Oh, this is different over here. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what's at the forefront of my mind. That's kind of like my, my goal here. And I think that we've been doing a pretty good job. I think you and I have done a good job here yeah. today. I want to do it again. This. No, a thousand, no, you're coming back. Oh, awesome. you're 1000% coming back. Especially. Yeah. After we go shooting, that'll yeah. be fun to yes. talk about. On the yes. Yes. We're going to, yeah, I'm going to come, I'm going to roll. Doing what do we, what do you want to shoot? Hmm. You said what? Well, you said that the, you I, I live. Pistols, you want to shoot rifles? Oh, I see what you're saying. Because you because you said I live. We, like, we live like an hour away yeah, from elite the elite shooting sports is less um, than five minutes from here. Oh, yeah. Okay, so well, what do you, what do you in your more I would say professional, but in your more knowledgeable viewpoint, we'll, what would we'll you do, say? We'll do a pistol and a rifle. Okay, we'll do a pistol. Oh, and a rifle. Yeah, buddy, I'm yeah. I'm with that. All right, pistol and a rifle, yep. and then and then I'll come roll and do some jujitsu, yep. and then we'll come back. Yep, and we'll reconvene and we'll talk to the people about our. Experience. I gotta pee like a real yeah. Sword. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Episode ninety five. Peace. When is it being released? When's it coming out? Sunday, awesome. eight p.m. on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, and then it'll be up on YouTube at least by the next morning, at least by seven o'clock, eight o'clock the next morning. Cool. Awesome, yeah, man. buddy. Thank you for coming, my man. Thanks for having me. Peace, everybody.